Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life, business, and relationships. On days when everything seems overwhelming, someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And with rain comes rainbows. What seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come. You are greater than your fears and braver than you seem. Miss V, the core life coach, shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road. Your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself. Well, hello, rock stars. Welcome to my third episode on BBSRadio.com. It's time to dive deep into the world of Let's Talk, Coalitions, Leave Room for Dessert podcast. So... What is exactly Let's Talk Coalition? Well, it's all about learning how to live from your core and loving yourself from the inside out. It's about embracing your true self and becoming the rock star you were always meant to be. But wait, there's more. Introducing Leave Room for Dessert. My special guest, who are absolute rock stars in their own right. They will be joining me to share their incredible stories of resilience in life, business, and relationships. I am Miss V, your core life coach, and I'm here to guide you on a transformative journey from a being a caterpillar to becoming a magnificent butterfly. And I'm also thrilled to share that I am the first African-American IROC veteran to grace the TEDx stage on Juneteenth, 2021. But hold tight, because today's podcast is going to be nothing short of epic and historic. Together, we will break barriers and inspire change. Our special guest for this evening, the one and only Mr. Charles Chuck Hughes. Mr. Hughes is the esteemed president and chief executive officer of Gary Chamber of Commerce with an impressive background spanning 34 years of service as Gary Fire officials. He has reached the rank of battalion chief and served as the department's public information officer. But that's not all. Mr. Hughes has also made history as the fourth black on air person hired full time at WWCA, working with the Columet area. Tonight, 
we have the incredible opportunity to dive deep into Mr. Hughes's vast experiences, insights, and strategies related to business development, community engagement, and promoting the interests of the city of Gary. So sit back, relax, and join us as we learn from the man who truly embodies leadership and trailblazing spirit. Mr. Charles Chuck Hughes, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Ms. B. Uh, listen, I have never been characterized as a rock star up until now, but I take your word for it. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I'm a butterfly or not, but actually with all the kind words I've heard you say, I see wings uh, sprouting actually from my arms. So maybe there's some truth to that. Hey, well, welcome, welcome. I'm going to deep dive into it. I have a question for you. Let's start. Can you tell us okay. more about your role as the president and CEO of Gary Chamber Commerce and also what's the mission? Well, okay, before I do that, can I familiarize your audience a little bit more about me? Absolutely. If that's, if that's okay. All right. Uh, I am a person who probably born and raised in Gary, Indiana. We know people have heard all kinds of things about Gary, Indiana, and most of what uh, the outside world hears, most of it's not true. It's a remarkable community. has a very historical perspective about it. Uh, Richard Gordon Hatcher, our mayor, was the first black elected mayor in the United States. Uh, people talk about Gary, Indiana, and the first thing you hear is, Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, of course, they were uh, part and parcel and product of this community. But there was also some other great individuals who've come out of this city. Uh, some folks may be familiar with, others they may not be familiar with, but just a few names I can throw out there. The major highway that runs through Gary, Indiana, 8094, is called the Mormon Expressway. And that's mm. why, because it was named after Gary Native and one of the original astronauts, Frank Borman. Also, mm. uh, when the uh, Super Bowl first got started, uh, when football really started to take off and, and, and it gained so much national attention, that they said, hey, let's do a Super Bowl. Well, the first Super Bowl was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. The coach of that Super Bowl team was a guy by the name of Hank Stram. Hank Stram uh, is a Hall of Fame coach. He was the coach of the Chiefs. He later went on to be a CBS sports analyst from Gary, Indiana. Now, maybe I could oh. be a little bit more. Maybe, who, who, did you watch, uh, Ms. V, did you ever see the movie Blazing Saddles? It, it's been a while. All right, well, if not, uh, and, and I'll share just a couple of more stories, then I'll get to answering your question. Uh in that movie, uh, or did you ever see the television program? I know you're a young person, uh, Webster, <laughs> with the little boy and his family. Well, anyway, the star of that uh, series, Webster, was a guy by the name of Alex Karras. Alex Karras is an NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer with the Detroit Lions. He was actually the father in that series. And anybody who watched the movie Blazing Saddles, there was a character in there named Mongo who actually punched a horse. That was Gary's own Alex Karras. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the uh, R&B singer Denise Williams, Denise Williams is from Gary, Indiana. I mean, there's just 
a whole plethora of people from Gary, Indiana. And then uh, little old Chuck Hughes is from Gary, Indiana. Uh, just a bit about myself. As I said, I'm a native of Gary, Indiana. Uh, I, uh, I was a two-sport athlete in high school, football and basketball. I was fortunate enough to get a basketball scholarship to Southern Illinois University. Uh, I guess I'm going to be telling my age here. And uh, you know it's like the commercial. When people ask me my age, I tell them it's unlisted. But in this case, yeah. you guys will probably be able to kind of make some kind of determination. But uh, those of you who are sports fans, uh, my first year at Southern Illinois uh, was his last year. One of my teammates was one of the NBA's 50 greatest players, a guy by the name of Walt Frazier. And so uh, there, there's quite a bit of history there. Now, as it relates to me, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I uh, again, I attended Southern Illinois University. And typical of most jocks, I did attempt to try out with the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, my resume does not include being a member of the Chicago Bulls. So you have to really kind of reposition yourself and and find a niche. But fortunately, I had a degree. And then I went on later to Indiana University. I have a master's degree from Indiana University. Now, simultaneously, you mentioned my career as a first responder. 34 years. Mm-hmm. I was actually the public mm-hmm. information officer for the Gary Fire Department. I mean, not initially. Initially, you fight fire. I don't care who you are. You go in, you go in <laughs> buildings, you crawl in, you save lives, you save property. So I did that for like 10 or 12 years. And then as yeah. I was able to go up the ladder, then I became a battalion chief, public information, all that kind of thing. And one thing that uh, uh, probably was not mentioned was that mm-hmm. I was a city councilman. So I have a political career, 16 years, four four four-year terms. I was a city councilman in Gary at large, meaning that I was all over the entire city. I had to get votes like the mayor all over the entire city. And one prideful moment of mine was I actually achieved more votes than the mayor, one of those terms, that I was a city councilman. Uh, My other career is I've had a career in media. I started out, as you mentioned, uh, people are not familiar with WWCA radio, but you mentioned mm-hmm. that I was the fourth black there. Well, I'll, I'll indicate to your audience who the first black person was. And you can Google her. There was a woman by the name of Vivian Carter. Now, that may not mean anything mm. to anybody. But I'll tell you what it means. She, pre- she preceded Motown. She was a, ah. one of the first black record owners, label owners. She had the impressions and Jerry Butler and all those kinds of shylight, all those kinds of kind of stars on her label. Her biggest claim to fame, and you can Google it, she is the one who brought the Beatles from England to the United States for the first time. They were on her label. Uh, Unfortunately, Mrs. Carter was not the business person that we hoped that she would be. And, uh, of course, uh, you can get swallowed up in that world if you don't know what you're doing. And so uh, she actually uh, died in Gary kind of desolate. But that is her career. And so... Being in Gary all my life, being an elected official, having been an athlete, uh, my family business was real estate. My father was the first black uh, FHA VA property manager uh, from Gary. He was the first black salesman to go outside of the city because at that time we were predominantly almost 99% of black community to go out and be a sales salesman in one of the suburban companies. So all of the real real estate people who followed in, in, in our city, most of them came through my father. And so I come from a good stock.
I'm Charles Hughes Jr., so I come from a good name, and so I was able to do some things on my own. So when I looked at uh, retirement from the fire department, uh, I looked at what other options that I could do. And thank God I had a varied career, and, and I did have an education. And so when the job opened up for the Chamber of Commerce, I had already done the political thing, and then I looked at the fact that uh, Gary, like any community, and particularly communities that are in need of, of, of help and support or whatever, you have to have mm -hmm. a thriving business community. So I thought that that yeah. job was for me, to try to attract business, uh, induce businesses to stay, help those businesses that are here, get out, network with people in order yeah. to let them know that Gary is a fertile place for business. And so uh, go ahead. I know I, I know I can go on and on, and I know you have a list, a myriad of yes, questions. Yes, and you have with. done and you have done great at checking it off the list. But what I would like to know more about is uh, your role as the president and CEO of the Gary Chamber of Commerce and to include what is the mission of the chamber. Well, thank you for that question because that is currently what I do right now. And uh, because Gary is a majority African-American community, uh, I always indicate to folks that, I am not the president and CEO of the Black Chamber. We don't have one. I am the president and CEO of the Gary Chamber of Commerce. We have large industry in our community. Uh, U.S. Steel's flagship operation is in Gary. Uh, we have large utility companies, hospitals. We have all of those things. And so I am proudly the president and CEO of the entire business community in Gary. So here's what my function is and the function of the chamber. Our, okay. our, our role and our mission is first to try to attract business to the community. Those businesses mm -hmm. that already exist in the community, we try to promote them. We try to support them in any way possible so that they can remain in our community. Because of my extensive background and my relationships with elected officials, other business people, uh, actually we can get into this later, but I have relationships throughout the state. I was just invited mm -hmm. to Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago by the United States Global Leadership Conference. I met with the ambassador of Ukraine. I met with the defense secretary, some Congress people. Little guy from Gary, Indiana, uh, brought out to be a part of that stuff. So to answer your question, we are an organization whose mission is to help business, support business, pr promote business. Let me tell you another little-known fact about Gary, Indiana. We are in Indiana. Our capital city is Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a little over two hours away from Gary. They're actually in a, even in another time zone. They're in the eastern time zone. Indiana's the only state that's screwy like that, have uh, some <laughs> cities in different time zones. But Indianapolis is in the eastern time zone. We are 15 minutes, and, and if you're on the west side of Gary, 10 to 12 minutes from Chicago. We are in the Chicago market. You can leave Gary, Indiana, and go anywhere in Chicago within 30, 40 minutes. So we are in the Chicago market, and a lot of people don't realize that. And what's important about that, even though they are, we are in different states, what is important is that Chicago is one of the major metropolis, maybe one of the major businesses, most recognized cities, rather, in the United States. And we are in that market. We are on the shores of Lake Michigan. People come to Gary, and they see our beautiful beaches, and they think about a black community that's struggling. Man, you guys have a beach? Yeah. Look at your geography. Lake Michigan runs Yay, right so, 
So, Mr. Chuck Hughes, let me get into a couple of more questions. What yeah, before I get carried have, away. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs or individuals looking to start a business in Gary or, or any other community? Give us some advice on that. Well, here's some, listen, here's some advice I'll give you about Gary. Because I talked about some of those things early on, even before your question. Gary is one of the best-kept secrets around. Because in Gary, yeah, Gary is, territorially, Gary is the second largest city in the state of Indiana. Not population-wise. We used to be, but but not population-wise. But from a territorial standpoint, Gary is the second largest city in the state of Indiana. So we have what a lot of cities don't have. A lot of them are landlocked. What we have is a lot of space, a lot of opportunity for business, growth, expansion, people to come in. The other advantage, or one of the other advantages we have, Ms. B, is the fact that I'm not trying to disparage the state of Illinois, but they have some of the highest tax rates in the country. It is very expensive to live in Chicago. I mean, everything. I mean, their gas runs a dollar or more uh, higher than Gary. Their sales tax is higher. Their corporate taxes are higher. And so what people are doing is they're recognizing that, hey, huh, I can still service my Chicago market. I'm only a little while, a ways away. In fact, Gary is closer than some of the other suburbs that surround Chicago. So people are starting to discover Gary. So my advice would be that if someone is looking for a startup opportunity, if they're looking for an area with a low tax base, uh, access to rail, we have an airport in Gary. Uh, we're in the brink of uh, a congressman has secured a multi-billion dollar double track multi-transportation uh, entity that they're building now. They're doing the infrastructure now, and what that will do is have our uh, we have a, we have a, we've had forever a commuter train between Gary and Chicago. People have been working back and forth. Chicago people work over here in some of our industry. Gary people looking for jobs, go to Chicago. They ride the commuter train called the South Shore. Now with that new double-track railroad, they are poised for expansion. They know that Gary is a place that has possibilities. So now this new double-track expansion is going to expand not just the direct route from Gary to Chicago, but now it's going to veer off into the suburb where Gary people can go out into the suburbs and seek jobs and opportunities, entertainment or whatever. And conversely or inversely, they can do the same thing. They can come into Gary. And what that does is it brings people in your community. It offsets a lot of the negative perceptions that people have about whether they can come into Gary or not or whatever. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is our glass is not half empty. It's half full, and there's opportunity, and it's not just Gary people who are seeing that. There are people coming from Illinois and all around the country, and they're identifying the fact that, hey, this place has an airport. It has. We have more uh, lakefront property in Gary than any city in Indiana along the Lake Michigan shoreline. So, again, the negative things that people say about Gary, and some of them exist. We never, we never profess to be Mayberry, but we also say that. We're not some of those cities that you see in the news and read about all the time either because uh, we're just not that. And so it's a battle for perception, and that's why I'm happy to have this opportunity 
to extol some of the virtues of our city and let people know that Gary, Indiana may not be the place that uh, you've been told it is. All right, so let me ask you a few more questions. Are there any exciting projects? I know you named one, but are there any more exciting projects or initiatives on the horizon? Yes. Just a couple of years ago, uh, we just landed a Hard Rock Casino. We have a Hard Rock Casino right in, in the heart of Gary, Indiana. And around that casino, there's already talk about they're getting ready to build a hotel. Uh, there's going to be other development around there. So, I mean, there are some things that are happening. There's still speculation. And this is just mere speculation. Uh, I, I tell you things that are happening. But I tell you some of the others say, oh, our airport. Our congressman is secure. Our runway at the Gary Chicago's International Airport, our runway is larger than Midway uh, Airport's runway. Uh, President Obama came to Gary. He landed Air Force One at the Gary Airport. And so that airport is being developed, and it's, it's the largest airport in the, in the northwest Indiana metropolitan area. Uh, they're getting federal funds to expand some things, remove some encumbrances. And so there's, there's a lot of things that are going on, and there are businesses. There are people awesome. who are coming in and opening up businesses. Uh, we're developing our, our, uh, our downtown. Our housing authority is partnering with HUD to bring in mixed income, uh, 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 residential properties on the top level and uh, businesses on the uh, lower level. And so there's, there's a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of things that are in the hopper. I'm excited about it as the president and CEO of the chamber because the more business that we can bring into the community, the more that we can increase our tax base where we can get revenues from the state in order to tear down the ton of abandoned buildings we have, uh, to fix our roads and streets, to provide more lighting in the neighborhoods, and do all of those things that the, that the communities and the neighborhoods that some of our listeners enjoy. And so it's a constant uh, piece of work, but I'm happy to be a part of it and happy to be uh, part of the solution instead of uh, part of the problem. All right. I have another question for you. How do you collaborate with other organizations or stakeholders to further the business interest in Gary? Well, I'm glad you asked because I pride myself in that. Uh, I've been able to, again, I, I spoke to you about me being the president CEO of the Gary Chamber of Commerce, not a, not a specific Correct. chamber. Uh, I, do my, I, have, I have monthly luncheons. I have membership. To be quite frank, it would be very difficult for me to maintain a chamber if I solely depended on businesses in Gary because we're, we're struggling to bring in business. Yes. We're trying to bring in the high-end business. We don't even have hotels. We don't have a movie theater. I mean, they're all mm -hmm. like a couple of miles away from some of the suburban areas, but we don't have those things. But what we do have is a very viable chamber. Uh, I mm -hmm. have probably about 150, 160 members of my chamber, and I would dare say that the majority of them are outside of the city. There are areas, neighboring uh, uh, businesses that are doing business in Gary, others that hope to do business in Gary. I have members from Chicago. I have members from Indianapolis. I have members from the suburbs. And people really, okay. really applaud the events that we do. I do a monthly luncheon. Uh, I've been blessed because of my relationships and my experiences. I brought in some of the top guests 
from around the state, and uh, I get people, black, white, I get all kind of folks, they can't wait to come to a Gary luncheon. Because believe it or not, sweetheart, my luncheons <laughs> are informative, but if you know my personality at all, and people will tell you, I don't do dough either. People enjoy our yeah. lunches. I, I used to finally say that, man, if somebody went to sleep at a Gary Chamber luncheon, either they are, have narcolepsy or sleep apnea or, uh, or they have some kind of physical problem because I don't do dull, but I do informative and they're entertaining. And so we'll be able to maintain membership. As I said before, we have membership from throughout the area and throughout the state. Uh, U.S. Steel located in Pittsburgh, their headquarters. They're members of the Chamber of Commerce. We have uh, business folks from all over the place who are thinking about coming into Gary, wanting to uh, explore business opportunities. Uh, it's great. One good thing, too, about where I am and where I've established myself with the chamber is that when people speculate and they want to call and see what's the tax rate, how's the systems there, what's the housing, what's the opportunities, everybody that, for the most part, that don't call the mayor's office, they call the chamber. So I get a chance to get a crack at these folks, and I get a chance to share with them the virtues of investing in Gary, Indiana. Uh, because I was an elected official and I had a relationship, I mean, with the governor on down, I know them all, firsthand, personal basis. And uh, so being able to have those kinds of relationships, when people want to have a conversation with someone who could make a decision or something, they know mm -hmm. that they can come to me. And they don't have to go through a person to go through a person to get to another person and then maybe get to who they want to talk to. I tell people, if you want to come into Gary, and you have a legitimate uh, business proposal, and you want to create an opportunity, you don't have to worry about paying nobody else. You don't have to worry about any undue delays. Come and see Chuck at the Gary Chamber. We'll walk you through the process to make sure that it's, it's, it's smooth and it's fluid, and uh, you'll be able to have your opportunity. I have a question for you. Uh, with your extensive experience as a Gary Fire official, what are some of the challenges and rewards you have encountered in that role? You know, uh, I, I did. I don't know if I sent you the highlight interview that I had that I I, done, I did like in what was done for me like in two thousand seven. Uh, I had no, an interview and I, I, didn't I was, get that. I was in, pardon. I said I, I don't recall getting that one. Well, I have to I make sure I send that to you tomorrow. Uh, I was interviewed by one of the local Chicago stations, and uh, the question was asked, uh, what, what was your most rewarding experience with all that you've done? You, you, were, mm -hmm. you, were, you were a fire official. You were a city councilman. You did rally radio. You did television. I told them mm -hmm. the most rewarding experience for me was actually being a base firefighter. A person who would go in a building to, uh, you know, dis, 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 disallowing or disavowing my own safety, like others, and and go in there and actually save someone and know that your efforts is what's between them and eternity, wherever their eternity oh. is. That was the most rewarding part of my career. Uh, I have had fire situations where. We've got a call. We respond to a fire. They say people are in a building. I've seen fathers outside with tears in their eyes saying, oh, my child is in there. And uh, and at that time, believe it or not, it's crazy. 
we never had breathing apparatus. Nowadays, you could sue the city if that was the case. So that meant that father was out there in tears. His child was in there. And me and others, without even breathing apparatus, have to crawl in there and go get this guy's baby. And we've done that on many occasions. There are times where we rescued people and had them on the lawn and given them CPR and brought them back. Now, you tell me, Ms. D. Folks mm-hmm. can both brag. I can talk about anything that I've done, but what could be more rewarding than that? Absolutely. And I can expand on that because I served 22 years in the United States Air Force and to include deployed to Balada Rats. So for me to hear that, it is very much to say I salute you because we don't hear these stories enough and we're more focused on other things. But to save a life is so critical these days. And what I would like to also uh, segue into asking you, what are the three most powerful words that describe you? Well, let me describe you first, because uh, I think it's important that that you see we've taken an oath of office, and that and 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 really, if you take it to heart, that means something. Who's going to go running in, risking their lives for something unless you have sworn to God and country that that's what you're going to do? And and, and right. so I think about, and I always think about the fact that your career, your. Ex- mm-hmm expansive military career. You could have been deployed anywhere. Anything could have uh, broken out. Sometimes being in uniform, you're even a target. So let me say this. There's a lot of reasons why you and I have developed a friendship. There's a lot of reasons why if you asked me to be on your podcast, you only had to ask me one time. I have so much respect for what you do because when you walk the walk, then you can talk to talk. And so I really appreciate that. And uh, and what was your question? I forgot your question. <laughs> well, my question oh, was something about three things. What was that? The three powerful words that describe you. Well, three, I think that, that, probably, that, that probably has to stem more with my persona and who I am. Uh, okay. I was I was raised by some very caring parents and grandparents. I mean, initially, before my father got successful in real estate, I lived in a house in an area called the Small Farms, Black Bottom. So you could imagine where that area was. Dirt roads, no streets, Mm -hmm. weeds. We had chickens and hogs and whatever. And uh, and slept like four deep in the bed. Mm. Because there was like four families in our house, in Mm -hmm. in our big house, we called it. And so in there, the values did not wane. Listen, we had mm-hmm. to be respectful, and we were. My grandmother was like the matriarch. If my, if my grandmother told my father to do something, he didn't question it. He got up and moved. So uh, you can uh, compare that to your military background. Uh, so I was, mm-hmm. I was raised in an environment where we were taught to be mannerable, respectful. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, we never missed school. Uh, school was a must. You had to go to school. Uh, I used to really resent the fact when I had to go to church and, and, and hold the hands of my younger sisters and brothers, and I'd be scolded if they got away, and I got to walk down the street, and my friends are 
uh, ridiculing me about holding hands, going to church with my sisters and brothers. But guess what? Then when I got to be a fireman, it was the same almost kind of paramilitary kind of environment. At 0700, you had to be on the job. You had to relieve someone. You had to know your job. Uh, you had to know exactly how to function, how to hook up hoses, uh, what, what pressures to use, uh, how to uh, size up uh, situations, you know, protect exposures, know the dangers. I mean, it was like we had to go to school. We went to class every day, especially when when has 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 got involved, because a lot of times people used to think that, and it was that time that any time you saw mm-hmm. fire and you saw the fire department. They raced and poured water on it. Well, guess what? Once mm-hmm. uh, these urethanes and other hazardous materials, once you had tankers or trucks, accident, turnover, whatever, the last thing you would put on there is water sometimes. That meant that we had to know our uh, uh, DOT uh, uh, placards. We had to know all of the signs and symbols. We had class every day. So you had to size up the situation because... A lot of times you go to situations, they would call it water active or reactive. You hit water, right. it's going to spread and make it worse. And then sometimes it's water soluble. I mean, that it, it, you take water and you put it out. And so uh, all of these things, all of these disciplines, so I would say that the one thing that sports and, and, and what was instilled in me by my parents is I have confidence, I, 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 I'm caring, and I have commitment. So maybe those are some yeah. alliterations, the CCCs. But I have character, I have confidence, and I have consideration for others. And, and you know that's my World Stability Day event. I could go on and on. You know, I, I, I could write a book, as they say. But yeah. Next question. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, give you a chance on your, on your is, podcast. I'm going to give you a chance. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that's fine. We have 55 minutes. Um, you have done a great job. Most of the questions that you have already answered, so this is a time that can we can just shift gears here for a moment and not talk about the chamber, but let's deep dive into for a listener that is saying that, hey, I'm ready to begin the journey of starting to own my own business, and they knock on your door. What information can you give them about how to begin that that journey of being a business owner? Well, the first thing I would tell anybody, and and, and I tell you, everybody's journey is not the same. Some people are just determined that, hey, I'm going to open up a business. I don't care. And then I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to do this. I would not subscribe to that theory. The ideal situation to me would be, if you going if you have a passion, because whatever it is, you're gonna struggle. Make that the business that you want to be your business, your lifetime business, your legacy business, the business you take pride in. So I think you have to have passion first, as silly as that might sound. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna have some okay. tough times. The other thing is I think that you need a business plan. Because you need yeah. to know exactly how to go about it. Uh, what what to encounter, what you need. Uh, you need to know how your inventory, how you can get your inventory, employees. I mean, it's just any number. You need a, 
you need an overall business plan. And you can go to the mm-hmm. chamber. You can go to people within the chamber. We have people who specialize in business plans and, and tutoring folks for businesses, startups, small business startups, whatever the case might be. So we are a resource for that. I would say have a business plan. The other thing is don't put in your entire life savings in your business. You need, you, need, you need to live, but you also need a reserve. That is all part of the business plan as well. The other thing yeah. I would say is use the chamber as a resource because particularly now with uh, President Biden uh, uh, focusing on business, focusing on small businesses, focusing on African-American businesses, there's revenues out there. A lot of times mm-hmm. there's monies out there that can help people get in business, get involved, and either they don't know about it or they just don't have the inclination to research it, and then they may go out of business or they may be struggling, crying for help. So I'm saying be proactive in those things. That's where a chamber would come in. I don't have all the answers, but I'm blessed <laughs> that I've got CEOs, I've got business people, I've got people who work in workforce development, I've got people who work in small business development, uh, you know, uh, I have a, I'm a great partner with the uh, universities that's in Gary. We have an Indiana University Extension in Gary. We have a Purdue University Extension right here uh, in, oh, next cool. to Gary. We have an Ivy Tech. Listen, I mean, the resources are there. Uh, uh, Gary, yeah. again, as I said, it's, it's, it's pretty much a land of opportunity, and it's virgin because uh, for a long oh. time people would ride by and see abandoned buildings or whatever, but now – the speculators and uh, the actuarians and those people now they're seeing a vision that uh, they're seeing a vision for years to come. That's why the multi-billion dollars investment is being invested in this rail system in Gary. That's why all this money is now being poured into the Gary Chicago Airport. That's why Hard Rock decided to open up a casino in Gary. So things are happening, and uh, and we're right there. On the, on, in, the, in the threshold of trying to make it happen. And what we do is, as a chamber, we just try to make it easier for you. Uh, we do the traditional things, uh, Ms. V, with chambers. We do the ribbon cuttings. Uh, if you have a grand opening, oh, we're right goodness. there with the oversized scissors. And I bring in the elected officials and, 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 and the chamber members, and we have the big uh, ribbon cutting and, and the hoopla around opening the businesses, which is... <laughs> Designed to right. encourage other folks to come in. Our, our new members. Okay, when Ms. I get new members. Mr. Chuck Hughes, let, let's, let me get, let's switch gears a little bit. You did say you can talk, and you definitely is a talker. Hey, absolutely. You wound me up, so you asking for it. Go yes. <laughs> asking, you shall receive. Where do you see yeah, I should, I should let you enjoy your own podcast some, but go right ahead. <laughs> well, please. Well, you know, people are listening in, so we want to uh, be engaging more about who really is who you are. Because the question I really want to go into ask you, where do you see yourself in three years? Uh, uh, With the Gary Chamber of Commerce, because, again, as I mentioned my career, let me say this. Mm -hmm. I told you, I started out, I worked in radio. Uh, and I, yeah. I evolved at WWCA Radio. I hosted a talk show, believe it or not. As quiet yeah. as I am, I hosted a talk show. 
It was called Sound Off. <laughs> people would people would people would call in, and they would sound off about anything, any topic, whatever. Right. And these comments or or hear their comments. Then I'd have a guest sometime, and then the guest would would, would expound on whatever it is they're about. And people would call in and question the guest. Uh, so I, I hosted that show called Sound Off. Then I went to UPN 50, WPWR TV in Chicago for almost 12 years. I did television. I did a show called hmm. Dimensions, uh, and it talked about just various aspects of the uh, Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area. That's why it was called Dimensions. Very popular show. Let me give you another one. This is, this is crazy. During the time that I was doing that show, uh, Whoopi hmm. Goldberg had a show that preceded me, and Jesse Jackson had a show that followed me, and I beat them both in the Chicago market. So that that, wow. that was a feather in my hat. And so then yes, uh, again, no as I, pardon? I say yes, no doubt that was a feather in your hat. Yeah, and, and then uh, evolving from that, all all the while now I'm a fireman, so I'm doing that as well. The public information. Then when I when I delved into politics. I was successful, uh, you know, at all my four elections before I went to uh, the Chamber of Commerce. And so what I have had is a very, very career. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the National League of Cities. If you're not, I will familiarize you and the audience. The National League of yes. Cities is the organization that represents all cities and towns in America. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was involved with the National League of Cities, as an elected mm-hmm. official, my like the third year before I I, I left uh, uh, political office, I was like the I was I was named the, the vice public safety chairman for the National League of Cities for all the cities. Then the next year, I was named the national public safety chairman for the National League of Cities. When we met in Washington D.C. or when we had regional meetings or whatever. I had like mm-hmm. a seventy-five member committee of mayors and councilmen from all over the country, a thirty-five member steering committee, and when the gavel went down, it was me from Gary, Indiana, convening the meetings. My last year with the National League of Cities, I was on the board of directors, uh, both being the chairman of the Public Safety Committee and on the board of directors. To my knowledge, there is no one, black or white, from Northwest Indiana that has assumed either one of those roles, and I've been gone for a while there. So I've been busy and I've established a lot of relationships, a lot of communications, and uh, it, it, it certainly helped me evolve to do the things that I've done. And when you give me a chance, I'm going to give you a chance first, but when you give me a chance, I want to tell your, your uh, listeners about my World Civility Day initiative. Your World what? World Civility Day. Okay. Okay, well, let me You're go ready? into something else first, and then we'll come sure. back to that one. Okay. okay, so how many children do you have? I've got two grown daughters, and uh, so I guess that makes me having uh, two two daughters that think that they're my parents. Oh, <laughs> well. I mean, they tell me what to do, where to go, how to dress. You know, that, yeah. that you. You, you, Daddy, you're talking too much. You need to sit quiet and just listen. Let somebody else. I mean, I get it all. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so, what happened when you? How was your Father's Day? It was great. It was great. Uh, in fact, uh, for, for the fathers out there, they can feel my pain. 
uh, uh, oh no, that was my birthday. Father's Day was great. Uh, my daughters took me out to dinner and whatever, and uh, I got some beautiful cars from them and, and, and the grandkids. So it was all good. But I was thinking, my birthday was May 28th, so I was thinking about a whole different situation birthday-wise with them. But, yeah, Father's Day was great. Uh, I, they gave me the impression that they, they appreciate me being their father. <laughs> awesome. Let me ask you another question. If you could go back into time and and you come out, would you be okay with where you are, or would you go back and say, man, I wish I could have done something differently? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, and, and this is the truth. I'm not one of those persons, and I don't even listen to people who say, man, I could have, man, you know what, I could have. You will never hear me say that. Now, if, in fact, things had gone according to plan, like I had mentioned earlier, you would have been watching mm-hmm. me on Sundays or whenever uh, playing NBA basketball. And I played football in high school, too, so you might have saw me catching touchdown passes or something if things mm-hmm. had gone according to plan at that time because like a lot of uh, jocks, uh, college jocks or whatever, that's, that's, that's what you think about first. So, yeah, mm-hmm. to answer your question in that regard, but I'm just not one of those that, man, I could have, man, I wish I, you know why? Because what happens with me is, and I just, I go, and I, and I, and I suggest that to the audience. I go and look for my mm-hmm. next opportunity, the next challenge. Uh, I, I, when I talk to young people, when I talk to young people in, in classes or whatever, I tell them, you know what? I say, you guys think that you're in school to be punished, uh, you know, to be uh, sequestered for eight hours, give your parents a break so they can go to work or whatever. No. I said, you're in school, and why do you take English and history and science and biology, all this stuff that you think is unnecessary? Because you have no idea where life is going to take you. You have no idea what opportunities mm-hmm. are going to exist. What if I was a jock? And I did not pay attention to my English class. What if I did not participate in my speech class? Would I have been a radio, a television person? Would I be able to articulate on your very, very wonderful podcast? No. So mm-hmm. I, I explained to them, everything that you do is by design. It, it gives right. you a broad base in order to pursue wherever your goals are. Uh, what if our future scientists didn't like science? Or they didn't teach it in schools mm-hmm. or whatever. And, uh, you know, who's going to do those things? So, so yeah, I uh, I just look for the next opportunity. And the other thing, too, is, Miss B, is I just try mm-hmm. to be the best I can be. I try to be extra. I have a pride factor within myself. Uh, I, you know, it's not, it's not expectations I put on other folks or whatever, but it's within myself. I want to I I make sure that I can say that whatever I endeavored in, I, to my ability, I gave it the best of my ability, and I'll live with the results. Absolutely. And uh, we're getting close to wrapping this up. We got eight more minutes oh, left. Oh, you're kidding. 55 yeah, I know. We, we've fast. been on for a little bit, but um, let me switch gears on you one more time. <laughs> if you had to um, – I'm curious about this, and, and I'm curious is that when you go into Gary's chamber to go, you would go in there. Give us some of the. What do you do when you first walk in? When you go in there, I know you all about this. You're the CEO, but what are some of the 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 tools and strategies 
when you walk in that door to, to for somebody that's listening that may want to end up or may want to or may end up becoming in the position that you're in? Well, the first thing you got to uh, understand what makes the chamber function. Members, it's always, always on my mind. If I'm out, if I'm out talking to someone at an event, activities, or whatever the case might be, if I find that they are in business. I'm trying to encourage them to be a part, a member of the Gary Chamber of Commerce. And so I'm making phone calls. I'm, I've got business cards from where I was at events and meeting people or whatever. I send them nice emails. I'll follow up with a phone call. I'm yeah. trying to get members. The other thing is I do a monthly luncheon. And people are not going to come to your event unless uh, you make it worth their while. So I have to go out and garner interesting guests. I have to make sure that my luncheons are informative. I do make them enjoyable, and so I have to do that kind of work, special events, because, you know, you, nobody, no organization can function without revenue. So that's when I do, right. uh, like, a World Civility Day, and that's why I do an event called Lakeshore Classic. I do these special events, man, where I can bring in people from uh, outside of the country. I was fortunate, man. I brought people well, a few years from, out, out, from Africa, El Salvador, to Gary, Indiana, if you can believe that. In other states or whatever, wow. and so so constantly, yeah. When I walk in that door, I'm checking my emails to see who I've heard from, mm -hmm. who I need to reach out to. I'm out mm -hmm. to other events. I was just at an event uh, this evening, uh, a retirement mm -hmm. for uh, the chancellor retiring from Ivy Tech, and so a lot of business executives, people there. I'm networking. I'm shaking hands. If I meet somebody for the first time and they're in business, I'm asking them for a business card. I'm exchanging. So I have to be very bold. In my actions, mm -hmm. because that's who I am. I'm the face of the organization. People see me, they oh wow, you know Chuck, man, he's gonna work the room. He's this and that, yeah. and I take all that as a compliment because it's part of job one. It's what I have to do. So that's how yeah. my day is. My day is, is always trying to expand my operation and trying to uh, provide value to those who are members. So who's gonna pay money to be a part of an organization? Don't feel any value. So when my members call, I respond to them. Uh, as I say, my events are networking events. If people have been trying to get a hold of the head of the utility company and that person is at my event, I take them up, I introduce them, or I'll call and put them in place with somebody. And so so what we do is uh, we're a service organization. We serve the business community. And I try to do it to the best of my ability and, and, and get the satisfaction of those who kindly want to be members of the Gary Chamber of Commerce. So. Every day is a typical day. I always have something to do. And then, you know, other stuff pops up, too, in life and in business. And so I deal with that as well. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about what you said earlier about being a member of the chamber. Have someone ever came in and said, hey, no, I don't want to be a member, but changed their mind? Oh, absolutely. Uh, listen, when I first got the job, People didn't want like, why would I be a member of the Gary Chamber of Commerce? You guys don't have a ton of businesses. What can you do or whatever? And so all that I did was uh, have me go to work. First of all, when people come to my office, they're pretty they're pretty impressed with who I am and, and, and all of the things that I've done. When you come and visit me, and, and I've given you an invitation one time, you in the Chicago area, I can give you an education about Gary in Northwest Indiana. No one else can because I was there for a lot of the the positive things that happen. And so what I do is I don't twist anybody's arm. I explain to them how whatever your business is, we can enhance 
your business. We can give you added notoriety. Mm-hmm. We can connect you with potential clients and other folks who can help you. We can help, have mm-hmm. some collaborations where you're trying to do yeah. this and do that. I can put somebody else together with you that can help you achieve your goals even better. So what I do is I just present what we offer, and then I let them make up their mind. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this has been a wonderful experience, a lot of history here. You've really been able to be a trailblazer in your own right of what you have done for us. So I truly appreciate all the things that you've done and you've made a way for us and so many around the world. But I do have to ask this one question. We only have a few minutes left. I know when I was talking to you, you said you was going to a a Juneteenth event. So give us a couple of minutes about what happened and um, what you enjoyed about it. Well, what I enjoyed about it is the fact that even globally and nationwide that uh, President Biden declared, made it a national holiday. Before Gary, uh, being a majority African-American community, we had a little brief Juneteenth uh, deal and probably 10 people attended. But now it was entertainment. It was people networking. People were cooking out. Uh, there were dancers. And there was also people who actually was telling the story about Juneteenth and its origin and that kind of thing. And so I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it this year, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it for years to come because now people will know exactly what it is they're celebrating, and people will know that there are other people who came before us who made it possible for us to be in our position that we're in now, and we should never forget that. And in the little time that we have left, I just hope that I didn't blow an opportunity to, to, to be a guest again because – I know I've been accused of talking too much sometimes. You might say, yeah, I've never been on And then let me get this thank you in there. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Charles Subhughes, a.k.a. known as Mr. President. It was we my pleasure. Thank you so much you for having me. Yeah, so stay thank tuned for, for more exciting episodes and special guests on our show. Let's Talk Delicious. Leave Room for the Dessert podcast with Miss V the core life coach until then keep shining bright and embracing your inner rock star let's talk corelicious leave room for dessert podcast with miss v the core life coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V, the core life coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin.